Amen. Y'all going to grab a seat. I promise we're going to sing some more at the end. Kind of shifting it around just a little bit tonight. If you got your Bible, I hope you to go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 1. I, we're not going to really be in Mark, or sorry, Mark 1 much, but I'm going to start there here in a second. Mark chapter 1. And if you don't have a Bible, I think there are actually some Bibles in the back of the chairs. That's kind of cool about being in here. Uh, Mark chapter 1. You guys ready for the game Saturday to dominate? Oh yeah. Oh man, Wendy's really excited. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. Um, so let's, uh, let's think here for a second. Uh, I want you, like this particip- uh, participation, right? So it, what, are some, what are some big movements uh, that we see in our world today? Uh, like, um, what'd you say? Chacos? Uh, sure, all right. Yeah, I feel like when, like, yeah, a Lubbock is kind of a, Chacos are a Lubbock thing, right? Like, um, okay. That's, I wasn't thinking that, but that's a good one. What else? What, what's a movement that's like, that kind of is taking the country by storm, or the world by storm, and maybe at least like, you know, to a degree. What? Storms? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like hurricanes are kind of a, a movement right now, right? Absolutely, yeah. What else? I thought I saw another hand. Yeah, uh, no. Yes, ma'am. Okay, political movements? Absolutely. Okay. Let me um, even, okay, so you could like social media in the past, uh, let's think here, like 10, 12 years, something like that, is kind of a movement, right? Taking over. So I want to ask you something. If you were going to start a movement, and it could be, actually I was talking with Kevin Cortez, one of our IT guys here at the church, about how like, do y'all remember this, how certain candies were like cool when you are in middle school, you know what I'm talking about? Like, no, no one? <laughs> What'd you say, Emily? S- slap bands? I feel like I can't hear up here, I don't know why. Silly bands, yeah. Okay, that's the one where you slap yourself? Oh, no, no the little uh, bracelets. Man, I don't know why I'm deaf up here. This is like a crowd mic, okay? Um, yeah, I remember Kevin and I were talking. For some reason, when we were in middle school, you know the, the lolly, or the, like the suckers that were green apple and have the caramel on them and would like get all over your teeth? For some reason, when we were in middle school, those were like the cool candy. It was like a movement like that took over the schools. I don't know why. Um, so here's what I want to ask you. If you were going to start a movement, and it could be like maybe uh, for a particular food or a particular like uh, clothing, like you want to start, you're going to start your own clothing line, or maybe you're going to start a movement in some kind of, like for a video game, or you're going to start a new business, that you want to take the world by storm, what would be some things that you would need to make that happen? Does that make sense? Here's what I want you to do. Before you tell me, Instagrams, before you tell me, I wasn't making fun of you, though, I was just saying it. What I want you to do is talk about it with somebody around you. Get a partner, and I want you to talk about, if you're going to start a movement, what are some things you would need to make that happen? Ready, set, go. I have high hopes for your, for your answers here. Because you guys are really smart. You're in college. Brilliant people. Okay? Not even sure why you're going to college. You already know everything. Okay? So, just kidding. Don't let that thought take over your mind. All right. Um, what are some things you would need if you're going to start a movement that would take over the world? What are some things you would Yes, uh, back in the back. Go ahead, yeah. Money. Uh, that's, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Katie? You need people. All right, good. What else? And I, yeah, a good idea, right? Man, hey, give it for Jonathan real quick. <laughs> yeah, a good idea. Ideas change the world. Uh, somebody else? 
Mmm. Slogan, hashtag, or an image. Okay. Somebody give this girl a job. She is killing it. Okay. What else? What else? Andre. God's will? Okay, good. Yes, absolutely. What else? Yes, Evan. And an adverti- advertiser, what'd you say? Advertisement. Yes, yeah. You, how, what's the image you're going to portray, right? Yeah. How are you going to sell it? Uh, yes, ma'am. Word of mouth. Okay, awesome. Yeah. What else? Vision. Yes, sir. Someone that can back it up. Yeah, oh, wait. Let's, let's, let's think here. Okay, good point, Jonathan. So are you telling me, I want, to, I want you to answer me. Would you follow someone if you weren't sure they could back up what they were trying to sell? I got a lot of, nah, nah. I mean, like, seriously, what if someone came to you? I mean, like, like, well, let's think about this. I mean, I think some of the things we heard, we're all kind of agreeing, like, you got to have, it doesn't just happen, right? It doesn't just kind of like, oh, we have a movement that took over the world. You got to be intentional. You got to have an idea. You got to have money to support it. You've got to have, have marketing and advertisement. It doesn't, it doesn't just happen. A, a huge movement doesn't just happen. Well, I've got maybe, uh, not bad news, but I, you could consider it that. Um, when Jesus started, so when he came and started preaching, actually look, since you're already there, look at Mark chapter 1, verse 15. It says, this is Jesus talking. Chapter 1, verse 15, he says, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. So at hand, the kingdom of God, what does that mean? At hand, it's what? It's here. The kingdom of God, the movement of God that's going to take over the world, it's, it's here. Now here's, here's the, like, the, what I was start, starting to say, like the bad news. Jesus did not have a marketing strategy. He did not have, uh, believe it or not, like, he was actually kind of poor. He didn't have someone who had a, a master's in advertisement, right? He, he did not have, um, it didn't seem like he had a product. He just kind of showed up and started saying the kingdom of God is here. Look over, turn over to chapter 4 and look at verse 30. This man, like, I can't help but think that Jesus, or the disciples probably thought Jesus was a little bit crazy. Uh, some of the disciples, a lot of the disciples, what, what were they coming from? What was their background? They were what? Fishermen. And here's the deal. To, to be a fisherman that day, you had to be a good businessman. It wasn't like they're just sitting out on a boat like, well, hope you catch me a fish today with a rod, right? No, like, th- they were legit businessmen. They had left their businesses to follow Jesus. They're expecting this great plan, this great idea, because it's the kingdom of God, right? That's the movement he's starting. Kingdom of God being God's grace and rule on this earth that's supposed to change people's lives and give them hope. And they begin to follow, follow God. So this, this is the big big dream he's talking about. And look what, look what he says in verse 30, chapter 4. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? So you can see them sitting around with the disciples, and he's like, how could, how could we describe the kingdom of God, this, this movement I'm starting? How could we describe it? He says, it is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. So a mustard seed, like Google a picture. Like if I had a mustard seed up here tonight, like one mustard seed, you probably couldn't see it. Like it would be so small to my fingers, you really wouldn't be able to see it. It says, it is the smallest of all the seeds on earth, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches 
so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. So you can imagine as Jesus says this, the disciples are sitting there going, well, Jesus, you got, you got one thing right. I mean, our kingdom, this movement, is really, really small like a mustard seed. Like they're looking around, they're like, yep, there's about 12 of us and that Judas fellow. I'm not so sure about him anyways, right? Like, it's a really, really, really small group. Jesus, great metaphor. But you can imagine them going, but Jesus, you say it's going to grow and be larger than any of the plants in the garden, which what Jesus, what you're telling us is that this kingdom, this movement that you're starting is going to be larger than any other kingdom on earth. Now, Jesus, that sounds, that's a great idea, man. That's really passionate, and that's a big vision. Have you ever heard of the Roman Empire? <laughs> like, there are 12 of us, and there's a Roman Empire. And you're saying that the, our kingdom, the kingdom of God, the, the movement that we're beginning to follow is going to be bigger than it? Are you crazy? <laughs> what in the world? And actually, and here's the deal. If someone has a big, a big, <laughs> someone has a big plan, a big dream, they better have a, a sorry, I said that wrong. If they have a big vision, a big dream, they better have a big, I already said it, a big plan, right? If I'm going to have a big vision, a big dream, I'm going to have a big plan. But here's the problem. It doesn't even seem like Jesus gives them a clear plan. Look back a few verses before that at verse 26. It says, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts it in the sickle because the harvest has come. Go back to this. Look at verse 27 again. It's worth looking at again. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. What's it say? He knows not how. You know what Jesus is saying? It's just going to happen. The kingdom of God, it's going to grow, it's going to be bigger than any other kingdom the world has ever seen, and it's just going to happen. <laughs> if, I came, if anyone came to you and said, I've got this vision, it's going to be bigger than anything the world has ever seen, it's just going to kind of happen. You would be like, you are crazy, right? Like, show me the plan, right? Show me the drawing, show me the marketing strategy. What do you mean it's just going to happen? Jesus says the kingdom of God is going to be bigger and better than anything anyone has ever seen. And, and it's just going to happen. Don't worry about the plan. It's just going to happen. I can't help but like, wonder if the disciples kind of thought like, is this a good idea to follow this guy? <laughs> Again, they didn't fully understand who Jesus was at, the, at that point. So I can't help but think they wondered, is this a good idea? For, for that matter... Let me pull this down just so I can see this. Oh, sorry, David. <laughs> For that matter, <laughs> is it a good idea for us to follow Jesus? Like, you're in this room. I'm not, I'm not going to assume everyone in here is a Christian, but if you're a Christian, you're in this room, you've chosen to follow Jesus. You want to be part of the kingdom of God, part of this movement. Like, that's a pretty outlandish claim. It's going to be bigger than anything the world has ever seen, and it's just going to kind of happen. The kingdom of God, his grace, his love, taking over the world. People beginning to, to love Jesus and live like Jesus. Obey Jesus. That, it seems like a tall task, right? Are you with me? And it seems like there's a lot standing in the way of, of that happening, if we can just be honest, right? Like, 
again, I've told you, I'm not really like a big news watcher, but if you watch the news at all, it, like, I feel like things are going the opposite way, right? Then, like, if, if God's kingdom is supposed to be taking over the world, it seems like things sometimes are going the opposite way, like there's a lot standing in our way. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, sometimes there's a lot of hate in the world, right? <laughs> I mean, if, if the kingdom of God is supposed to be one of love, it seems like there is a lot of hatred. Not only that, I don't know if you've noticed, I'm assuming at, uh, in a university setting you've noticed, there seem to be a lot of competing ideas against the kingdom of God, right? <laughs> a lot of ideas that would say we are fools for believing in the kingdom of God. There's a lot standing in the way. Add to that, like, and, and actually in America we have very, very, very little persecution compared to what is seen around the world. Like it's, persecution is probably not even a word we should use really. But more and more, even here in the States, we talk about our freedom, we're told to shut up about our belief, right? If you're a Christian, you believe in the kingdom of God, you say I'm a part of the kingdom of God, you could say in a sense, we're told to shut up about the kingdom of God. How can there be hope for the kingdom of God when there's so much standing in the way? Y'all with me? I, don't, I, I think it's a fair question. And again, Jesus says it's going to be bigger and better than anything you've ever seen, and, and it's just going to happen. There's a lot standing in the way. And not, we could like mention there's so many like things that stand in the way, but I don't know about y'all. Sometimes I just think there's some crazy people that stand in the way. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's some cra- y'all know some crazy don't look at your neighbor, all right? But there's some crazy people in the world. Like legit. You ever like Lauren and I are talking sometimes and like whether it's watching the news or watching TV or like you're out in public and you're trying not to judge, but you're like, they seem a little crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? Jesus, he actually, he ran into crazy people all the time. It's, I feel like sometimes the, uh, the more, because Jesus actually kind of became a popular dude in his ministry, but the more popular you are, it almost seems like the more crazies you can attract, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I heard one man say that um, the, the bigger your light, the more bugs you attract, right? Um, it almost seems like Jesus attracted a lot of crazy. Look, check this out in, in chapter 5, verse 1. So they've been out on the waters, they've been out on the sea, it's chapter 5, verse 1 of Mark, it says, They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, so again, like oh, this picture, Mark's so descriptive sometimes. He's stepping out of the boat. It's like he just got one leg over the edge, right? He's just getting out, and it says, Immediately, so right then, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, which we'll see as we read through the story. This is a demon-possessed man. Y'all, I don't know of a worse way to, to go into a new place and feel welcomed, right? Like, we'll welcome him with the demon-possessed man, right? Like, like well, uh, if you're, you know, demon-possessed people are not allowed on our welcome team. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, that's just not how it works. He's getting out of the boat, and a demon-possessed man comes right up to Jesus. And right the second he gets out of the boat. Listen to what it says about this man. I'm telling you, this is unreal. Well, real, but... Amazing. <laughs> it says, he lived among the tombs. Right, let's stop right there for a second. If someone tells you, you ask them, hey, where do you live? What, what dorm are you? And they say, I live in the graveyard. Run, okay? Like, that's not, a, that's not someone you want to hang out with. He lived among the tombs. And no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. 
No one had the strength to subdue him. And now I'm like kind of cutting up and being silly a little bit, but this, this is not a joke. I, I know, and I just say this, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. In the States, um, and I, we could talk later about why I think this is, or not that it matters what I think, but we could just talk about what maybe be some reasons for this. But we don't see demon possession as much. I do think it happens for sure in the States. But we don't see it as much. It may seem easy to kind of blow this off. But I'm telling you, like, this is, le- this is legit. Like, th- this happens to this day. Demon possession. And this is not a sermon on how that works, so we're not going to go there. But th- this is a scary thing. It, they, they probably put the, the chains, the shackles on them, um, at the very least because it just would have been super scary, like this, this kind of person, right? But, but more likely because he was a danger to himself and certainly to other people. And so since they put the chains on him and shackles on him, here's the, he's so strong that he wrenches the chains apart. It's interesting. It says that he, in verse, um, where'd it go? Verse four, he broke the shackles in pieces. So it's not like he just gets the shackles off of himself. He breaks them in pieces. This is a terrifying supernatural strength this man has because he's demon-possessed. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. This, this is a sick case of demon possession. Satan at his best, taking over someone. On that note, back to this idea that seems to be a lot standing in the way of the kingdom of God taking over and blossoming. Who's behind all of the hatred and disunity and evil that we see in the world? Who's behind all that? Satan. Yeah, so what about Satan? Like if the kingdom of God is supposed to grow and God's grace and love is supposed to take over the world and it's supposed to transform lives and it's going to just happen. I think it's a fair question. How is it going to happen when there we have an adversary named Satan who's, the Bible says, is uh, roaming around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Like how do we stand a chance? It says they were trying to bind this guy, this guy up who's demon possessed and they can't even do it. They put chains on him, they put shackles on him and he just breaks them off. So, so how is the kingdom of God going to progress if we can't even... We can't, they, or we, they can't even stop a demon-possessed man. Evil, darkness is a real thing in this world. I think it, it's so easy to like distract ourselves and always be listening to music in our ears and, and always watch a movie, always watch Netflix, always going to class, and we forget there, there's spiritual war going on. Satan wants to destroy us like, I guess literally, like, like kill us, but also spiritually to distract us. He wants to hinder the kingdom of God. How are we going to have any hope when we have an adversary like that? Again, it says, no one had the strength to subdue him. Look what happens when Jesus shows up. Verse six. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. All right. Who just ran and fell down before Jesus? 
It's not a trick question. They're demon-possessed. The dude that's been running around in the hills naked, that, that's the, and the other gospels tell us that, okay, which is extra creepy, okay, living in the graveyard, naked, cutting himself, running around screaming, a little weird, right, okay? No one can control him, but when he sees Jesus, he runs and he falls down at his feet. I love this. It says, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you by God, do not torment me. Man, I love this. You know what? I don't watch uh, like demonic movies and stuff. Like uh, Someone give me an example. I'm not going to judge you. What? Huh? The Exorcist? Okay, there you go. Because like this stuff scares the mess out of me. And you might watch it because you like to be scared, right? You know what I love? Jesus scares the mess out of demons. <laughs> he runs and falls at Jesus' feet and he says, please, I beg you, do not torment me. This man that's been running around the hills, by the way, the hills in this area on the east side of Galilee, east side of Galilee look kind of like the hills of Riodosa as you're driving into Riodosa, just to give you a little picture. This man's been running around those hills and that's where uh, David and Allie got engaged. That was way random, sorry. Anyways, so he, serious mode, okay. So he's been running around scaring the mess out of people, but when he sees Jesus, he runs and falls at his feet and says, please do not torment me. Jesus says, what is your name? He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. Legion, referring to in the Roman army, but to keep it really simple, thousands which seems a little bit, honestly, when you read this, it seems a little bit ridiculous. Like, really? Are there really thousands of demons in this man? If there are really that many demons in this man, will he really be that scared of Jesus? Well, you know what? You better believe he's that scared of Jesus. He says, I mean, I love this. He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs and the herd, numbering about how many? 2,000. They rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. I was studying this, and I thought, I have no idea why he's talking about all these pigs. This is so weird, right? You know what I think? Like, I, this is really simple. I don't think we need to overthink. You know what? He's talking about all the pigs and why he tells us that detail. There really were thousands of demons in this man. This is one of the most horrific, terrible, serious um, cases of demon possession the world has ever seen. And still, this man, these demons fell at the feet of Jesus, scared to death. They were no match for King Jesus. Here's what I want us to see real quick. How can the kingdom of God stand a chance in this world? Because no one can stand in the way of King Jesus. Y'all with me? Even the gates of hell fall down and bow before him. They don't stand a chance against Jesus. Satan and all his evil, all his darkness has to beg for mercy at the feet of Jesus because no one gets in the way of King Jesus. This was such an epic moment. It says that the herdsmen fled. We gone, right, which I kind of would too, okay? It says they fled and told it in the city and in the country. And people came to see what it was that had happened. I love that, okay. Verse 15, and they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. And this next, do not miss this. What's it say? They were afraid. Here's what's so cool about this passage. Twice we see people were afraid. First of all, 
the demon-possessed man, the demons, are scared to death of Jesus. Second, what a, what a cool picture. It's, it's, like, it's not what you expect. It's a surprise in the story. The people walk back up. They see Jesus. They see the man who had been running around naked, cutting himself, breaking chains, demon-possessed, screaming all over the hills, sitting there clothed in his right mind, and it says they're what? They're afraid. Question, who are they afraid of at that moment? I can't hear you. Jesus, you're right. Who in the world is this guy that has the power to cast out all these demons? Who in the world is this guy that has power to conquer Satan? What's his name? Jesus. How does the kingdom of God stand a chance in this world? Jesus, you know what? We don't need to worry about what the master plan is or how we fit into this into this equation to make God's kingdom grow? Who makes God's kingdom grow? Who divides and conquers and helps spread God's kingdom? Who is it? Jesus, absolutely. He, he's the hero of the story. He's the one that leads ahead of us and is our conqueror. Jesus. He's the hero. So here's the deal. What do we have to be afraid of if even the gates of hell tremble at the feet of King Jesus? What do we have to be afraid of? I love, it says, uh, there was, the people were actually so scared, like didn't know what to do with Jesus, they actually begged him to leave. And then uh, it says in verse 17 that the demon-possessed man begged to go with Jesus, which kind of makes sense, right? His life was so changed, radically changed, the freedom. He wanted to go with Jesus. And look what Jesus says. He did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has mer- had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, this little area of 10 cities, how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. Here's the deal. Jesus is the hope for the kingdom of God growing and spreading in the world. But he still gives us a job. And it's really simple. It's the same job he gave the demon-possessed man. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. That's our job. Jesus is the king. He's the hero. He's the one going before us, changing hearts, changing lives. Our job is just to tell people how awesome he is. <laughs> and here's what I want you to hear. I feel like you're really far on the stage. I'm just going to come a little closer, sorry. We don't have, like I said, we don't have to be scared as we tell people how awesome he is because King Jesus is with us, right? So here's the deal. Some of y'all come from some pretty rough families who think this is kind of hokey. You know what? You can be bold as you tell them about the mercy God's done in your life, shown in your life, because King Jesus is with you. (laughs) He goes before you. No one can stand in his way. Some of y'all have some roommates that think you're an idiot for coming here on Thursday nights. You know what? You can be bold, loving, but you can be bold and confident as you show them the love of Christ 
Because even Satan can't stand in the way of Jesus. I'm not saying your roommate Satan. <laughs> Some of your professors think you are a fool for believing in Jesus. You know what? You don't have to be scared as you live for the kingdom of God and as you talk about the kingdom of God and the difference Jesus has made in your life. Because you know what? Even if he thinks you're a fool, King Jesus, who, by the way, this, I, I intentionally kind of skipped this part. Remember the story we talked about the first week about Jesus calming the storm? That was right before this story. <laughs> So the one who calms the winds and the waves, the one whose demons fall down and are scared to death of, that same king is with you when you're sitting in your class. I don't think you have to be afraid of your professor. I don't mean be rude and be a jerk, but you don't have to be scared of him or her because King Jesus is with you. When you're at work and people are talking about the parties they're going to and, man, you're missing out on this world. What are you talking about, the kingdom of God and... And your church stuff, you don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to feel like a, you're missing out because King Jesus is with you. And he's going to grow his kingdom. What's your job? Just to tell people how good he is. If Jesus is for us, no one can stand against us. Not even Satan himself. Let's bring it on. <laughs> What I want you to do for a second, go ahead and, if you would, bow your head and close your eyes. We're going to enter a time of kind of response and also like a little battle cry, a little victory cry, a little celebration. First thing, I, 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 we can't miss, we can't pass this. Some of y'all, probably all of us to a degree, at different times, experience oppression from Satan and his demons. It could be those little whispers in your ear of that you're a failure, that there's no hope, that there's no forgiveness. And I just want to encourage you tonight to remember that Jesus scares the mess out of Satan and his demons. So tonight you can call on, it, on him and say, Jesus, I've had this, this, um, this soundtrack playing in my head of what a failure I am and that I'm a loser and that you don't love me and that there's no forgiveness. And Jesus, I know that Satan is scared to death of you, that him and his demons, they tremble at your name. So, so Jesus, I pray that you would just bind him, that you would shut him up. Man, no one can stand in the way of Jesus. <laughs> He's got your back. And all of us as believers, man, I want us to, tonight to realize we know Jesus, we're part of his kingdom and he's our king and he wants us to help spread his kingdom and be on mission. Y'all, I know it's so easy to forget that. It's so easy to live just kind of our life and go through the routine. But y'all, we're part of the kingdom and God is growing his kingdom and wants us to be part of that growing. But so, many, so often we're scared to be a part of it. We're scared to speak up. We're scared to share how, about the mercy of God in our life because we're scared of what's going to happen. Y'all, I want us tonight to ask God to remind us of how powerful he is and that the enemy has no hold over our lives because of King Jesus. And I want us tonight to, to kind of, as we sing here in a few moments, to just kind of celebrate the fact no one can stop Jesus and what he's doing. And so we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be scared. We don't have to be timid. And we can be bold as we live for him.
Jesus is for us, who can be against us? Jesus, I pray that as we sing here in a moment, that this would be a an awesome time to remember how powerful you are. Remember that you are the king, that no one can stop you, no one can thwart what you're trying to do, what you are doing. God, I pray that it would be a, a time of excitement to remember who you are and what a privilege it is to be a part of your kingdom. And even though we don't always, we all, can't always see what the plan is or how we fit into it, God, we know that as long as you're with us and you go before us, man, nothing can stand in your way. God, I, I do pray for for encouragement, Lord, as we sing these words and we remember the story of salvation that us coming into your kingdom began with the cross, Lord, it began with salvation. I pray we would be encouraged by that and take hope in that. God, we love you. I pray you to speak to our hearts as we worship. Lord, help us to worship with passion, with boldness. It's your name we pray.